It's time to gather together. Hi there, I'm Yelta, and I'll be buying the first round while we chat about Final Fantasy XIV. This is episode 148. Pull up a chair and join us. On the menu tonight, patch 4.5 special site is now live. Duty commenced episode 26th is on December 19th. Announcing the Starlight Scenarios comic contest. We have a 4.5 and 4.4 key discovery. We'll cover the Feast Regional Championship, AMA. We'll look at Gamerscape's FanFest 2018 interview with Koji Fox and some developers' blog. But first, let's shoot the shit what has been going on this week. Hi, Ruby. Hi, Yelta. How are you, man? I am good. Just the two of us this week. Just the two of us. Klaus, we love you. That was a great episode. That was fun. That was, that was a lot of fun. It uh, fulfills partially our commitment to having more guests you know, I think we get a mixed bag when we get guests. Um, I think we get a lot of different opinions from our guests. We get uh, different ideas, different uh, insights to the game. Um, and we'd like to continue having more guests that have different insights, whether it be PvP, whether it be uh, crafting a gathering or uh, an aspect of the community, maybe an artist, whatever. So we're looking um, and we're thinking about who we're going to have on next. Uh, we have a short list of ideas, so uh, we look forward to having that. And uh, yeah, just stick with us. We're, we're going to do bigger things in 2019, so I'm looking forward to it. But until then, what am I doing in 2018, or at least this past week? Uh, first thing I want to talk about, because this is kind of a new fresh hotness, and I'm sure we will get more information as this live letter comes up, which we've got like soonish, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I watched the Final Fantasy 15, Final Fantasy 14 crossover. Now, I have Final Fantasy 15, and I liked it for what it was when I played it. But I told myself I wasn't going to go back and play Final Fantasy XV until it was complete. And I don't know when the hell that is. There's still another it's episode. It's sooner than another. it was supposed to be, though, right? <laughs> right. Well, there were supposed to be like three more episodes, and they canceled two of them or something like that. And so there's still episode Arden. And it's like I'm kind of waiting for that complete edition to be launched or something, and I might buy it again or I might play it on PC when that happens. or I might. I don't know when that day is going to be. So I really didn't I really didn't want to load up Final Fantasy 15 and then have to download a bunch of patches, mm. deal with a bunch of bullshit just to see Amikote talk to me about Garuda. So I went on YouTube and I watched it. But I was pleasantly surprised. The event was very well done. Long story short, if you if you're going to play it I'm about to spoil it. So if you're going to play it and you don't want to hear about it, tune out for about two minutes. But you start off and it's kind of like the main hub area. You know, there's that garage that Cindy and Sid are at or whatever. And you go next door to it and then there's a Mikote with a fat chocobo sitting on her. And she's like, help. So you got to go get Gissel Greens, premium Gissel Greens, and come back to her. The chocobo moves and the Mikote's like, shit's going down. Come follow me and runs off. Everybody's scratching their head like, what's up with the lady with the ears and the tail? And uh, you follow her. You go to this kind of abandoned area that that the Empire had been to. And within, there are Ixal. There are Ixal balloons. There's uh, meteor shards that look like big blue crystals, kind of a la Final Fantasy XIV. 
and a lot of lore about Garuda. Now, they tie it into the 15 lore as it's a messenger of the gods that's name was forgotten, and there's a statue there, so it's kind of like how Shiva is in Final Fantasy XV. Uh, so they actually bring Garuda into the fifteen world. In fact, once you beat the the story mission, uh, you get Garuda as a summon. And you know how the summons are kind of weird in that game where they just happen I and you hit R2. got one. I never got that far. Yeah, they <laughs> just kind of happen. You're fighting and then like Noctis's eyes glow purple and it's like you can now hit R2 to summon. You don't really like – it doesn't – you can't pick when you're going to summon. It's just like when the, the odds are against you or you've been fighting for a duration of time, it just happens. Somebody on the other end of this podcast is screaming, no, Ruby, it happens when – I don't know. I don't care. I beat the game. Whatever. <laughs> so you talk to um, this uh, this Mikote again and she's like, look, you got you to gotta fight Garuda before the Ixal summon her because it's going to be bad. And they're like, OK. She calls you guys adventures. It's cute. And the whole time it's playing 14 music. It's playing the – the uh, Garlean Empire music that we that we remember from 1.0, you know, that was like the Garlean Empire oh, theme. Oh, gotcha! All right. And um, uh, it's it's playing other music in in the mean meanwhile, and uh, you get in there and Garuda summoned, and uh, you fight really 14's Garuda. It's a 14 Garuda battle. She summons the sisters. You have to fight them. It's a story battle, and it's it's pretty easy as far as I could tell. Um, you beat her, and then uh, it actually summons 15's Garuda, which defeats her. And then um, the Mikote is like, look, I think I got here because I touched this. And she points in a corner, and there's like an ADS note. She's <laughs> like, yeah, I think I touched some Allegan technology, and it ported me here. And um, so the Ixal followed me because I was trying to steal something of theirs. And um, that's that's what brought them into the world. And so she's thanking everybody. Okay, so here's where the tie-in comes in. Everybody's like, how's 14 going to get Noctis and what's going to happen? So a couple of things out of this. First off, she's talking to everybody after you beat the mission. And she they look over and they're like, where's Noctis? Noctis is gone. They look. And then they turn around again and there he is. And he's got this blank look in his eyes. And they're like, where were you? And he goes – I think I was dreaming. And then they kind of go on with the rest of it. So I think right after he beats Garuda, he's ported to Eorzea. Mm -hmm. We do whatever the hell's going to happen there. And then he comes back into his universe. So really the 15 portion is the first half of it. And okay. then he's going to see it. That's, that's my belief because, I mean, the context clues, okay? Um, And then you, uh, at the end of it, she sets up shop and you can buy things and you can unlock Vortex weapons, har har, and uh, get a few other things that are 14 related. Uh, one of which, it's got a Piazza and Kenny Crow from 15, the little black crow mascot that sells you food at every restaurant, you know, diners. And uh, they're like, have their arms around each other. And I think the prelude there, plus art and pictures that we've seen uh, in recent days, is that. We will be getting a Kenny Crow minion in Final Fantasy XIV, and <laughs> there's a screenshot, and it's got an action bar on it, and on the action bar, it's got a little green icon with a picture of the regalia. Uh-huh. I saw that screenshot. And it looks like a mount, 
We're going to get that car, Yelta, that you've been wanting so bad. Jesus Christ. A flying car, which (laughs) we already have a flying motorcycle. And the regalia already flies anyway, so we might as well have a fucking flying car in Final Fantasy fourteen. Why the hell not? I'm past it, Yelta. I really oh am. God. You know, f- four years ago or whenever where we were talking about, damn it, they're putting cloud outfits and they're doing all this shit in the game. They're mixing too much of the Final Fantasy. I'm so past it now. Whatever, man. Just bring us oh, some more nostalgic man. Final Fantasy. Just don't shove... Like, the lightning stuff, to me, is gross. You know, if they make the Noctis stuff... And I like Noctis better than lightning. So, if they make the Noctis stuff palatable, to some degree, mm-hmm. I'm okay. God knows we're gonna see flying cars in Eureka, or whatever the hell else it's everywhere. It's already completely stuffed full of whales, which are <laughs> gross. Buy my whale. I hope we don't have to buy the regalia. Mm. Shit. No, they won't. They're not gonna nah, do that to us. do that. So that was that was the main thing. You can also unlock a hard mode, or EX, I guess, if you will. And uh, it looks very difficult. I did watch a full, I think it was a 45-minute fight that I watched. I kept fast-forwarding, but it's, it's a long fight. Um, and I don't know, other than getting more shards or something so you can unlock weapons uh, you can get from it. They do, they do give you gear when you win. So like Noctis gets a Mikote outfit. They're the RSE. Um, so you get, uh, Mikote and, uh, uh, Hures on, um, what's his name? Uh, Prompto, uh, Ignis gets an Elizabeth outfit and, okay. um, Gladio gets, um, I, I don't know what he gets. Oh, a Rogadin outfit. So anyway, it's nice. It's cute to me and others I have read, uh, comments I've read is that, it's kind of like they needed to do something for 15 because all this bad news was happening about the producer and mm-hmm. uh, the termination of the stuff. So it's like they've got to put something into 15. And, and of course, the 14 cross, we knew this was going to happen at some point. I guess we all thought that, you know, once 15 went through its whole cycle of all the patches and everything, we would probably see that. And I guess they really needed a boost. So. I like 15 for what it is. I, I, I still think the whole 13 versus shit fucked 15. So <laughs> ultimately 13 has fucked 15. 13 is still the bad guy in my opinion. Fuck you, Lightning. Um, send me your hate mail if you love Lightning. But um, I, I, I just really think the 13 trilogy and really what 13 was and it turning into – what 15 was supposed to be and all that stuff it's it really it really hurt the 15 franchise so and i really wish they had done the lore properly i really wish they had put the lore in a more meaningful way in the game but um this is not a 15 podcast it's 14 podcast so uh anyway that was that was a, a big bulk of what i did that had anything to do with 14 i did log in i did do uh 09 010 i don't like doing 011 and, and i don't I'm not trying to get too much gear. And I did 12 so I could get my little trinket to work on my next weapon. Um, So I got some accessories. I'm trying to build up healers, work on their gear and stuff, and just kind of get it, you know, before the 24-man raid. And then my next goal is is getting Machinist up when the before the new 24-man raid launches so I can have uh, Machinist ready to run for that so I can practice Machinist and have all my... uh, my ranged done before they release another range job. That's what I'm hoping. Another range job for uh, for 5.0. 
Um, but uh, before 4.5 in the next 24-man raid, I just want some other jobs up. And uh, the only other thing I've done was Starlight Celebration. I love me some Starlight Celebration. Um, I will talk about this, but I kind of want to talk about it in conjunction with you because I know you did it. <laughs> so I'll let you kind of lead the charge in the Starlight Celebration talk, and then we can kind of compare our experiences. But uh, the short version for me is it's the at rhythm. And I have no problem with that. I really like the at rhythm, and I really like the idea of putting new types of mini games that aren't slide puzzles into Final Fantasy XIV. Um, I would like to see this expounded upon if they can do so. It doesn't look exactly like the at rhythm with like the lines and stuff, but I think it would be neat to put that into in conjunction with like the orchestrion in some way. Yes, resources wasted on something. Send me your hate mail. But I, I really like uh, some Theat Rhythm minigames. So you can throw this in the toy box, Yoshida. I'd be all about it. Or if you want to gold saucer it, but just make sure you rip out um, the uh, puppet show game. And um, I'd be I'd be okay with that. So, Yelta, tell us about what you did this past week. I, I pretty much just logged in and did Starlight. I uh, I kept talking about logging in. I kept saying I was going to log in. In fact, uh, I think Brock was saying something about some of the new free company Link Shell members think that I'm a myth. I don't oh, wow. actually exist. So maybe that means I should play the game more. But uh, <laughs> I did, I, I did see I did see a Discord that said there was a rare sighting of a Yelta in Aorzia recently. Yeah, it popped in. Uh, went to my house, checked my retainers, decided I didn't want to do Pyros and log back out. Mm-hmm. That was the rare sighting. I don't even think I got around to saying hi in any... <laughs> I didn't even say hi to anybody. I was just like, eh, no thanks, bye. But uh, I did do... I did do... I had Monday off, and uh, uh, I was pleasantly surprised that... Uh, I don't know why. I hadn't connected the dots. That Starlet Celebration started on Monday, so I'm like, oh, I can do this. So I logged in and I, uh, I did this story. The story is cute. Mm-hmm. It's got a little, just got you know, your little heartwarming, touching moment, and it's got you know whatever, and and it, and it's fun. The uh, the repeatable quest, like you said, is is a rhythm game, and uh, I'm not terribly good at rhythm games, but there's an easy mode and a hard mode. And the hard mode wasn't, I mean, you could still get through both of them with just half-assing it. So, uh, even though it's a rhythm game, you don't have to be good at it. You only need 28 of the tokens or something anyway Yeah. to get one of everything. So, that's what I did. I, I farmed up 28 and I was done. But I was getting a little better the more I did it. I know I went on and I'm like, ah, rhythm game. And Kohedi was like, well, I got a perfect score on the hard one. And I'm like, good for you. No. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I don't. There's nothing you get extra for getting a perfect no. score or anything. Do you think? No, they, there's they, there's nothing more to it. Yeah, because I, I think like one of the Valentine Day ones, you got a different screen. You know, ooh, you did awesome. But it's not like I'm missing anything if I go back and I can't get a perfect score. So it, it's fun and different. I, I I I'm I'm with you. I like the I like a little mini game here and there. I don't want 14 to become the game of mini games. You know. But um, it it made sense. You were conducting the choir, which was kind of cool, and uh, and I really liked it. Did you did you 
did you let them fail a lot or did you go watch the clip of if you just don't hit any buttons? No. They, they, uh-uh. Oh my God. It's like a, it's like a minute and a half of just like dying cats. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it sounds like it just like, sounds like I, I, cause they, they sing pretty bad if you, if you, uh, if you do it wrong. But I, I never let them fail so horribly that. Yeah. Yeah. I was very anal about it. Like, I, I didn't <laughs> want to fail. I wanted, I didn't want to just sit there for a minute to hear them just sing. See, I assumed it was just sing the song and you're just clicking the stuff. So I was like, the song is okay, but I don't want to hear it just to do nothing. I'm going to mm-hmm. get my points, you know? Yep. Yep. I had a little trouble. Once I realized I had to go back and reread what to do when you had the yellow ones, you just have to keep hitting it. Mm-hmm. That was all. I, I I don't know why I was I was or I was hitting it too slowly or something, but I, I did. I, I was able to easily farm up all my bits. I mean, it wasn't mind blowing, but it was a cool little mini game. Made sense in the story. What do you so. think about the little outfit? I know we've talked about it before. Oh, but... it's cute. It's well, I think it's cute. cute. My I I don't know. Um... I could see gla- the shoes. I thought I actually I liked quite a bit. Actually, the beret with the little holly on it is cute too. Is I honestly holly? think the shoes are the best part. Yeah. I uh, I I threw the shoes on um, an outfit. I I dyed the the coat from a couple years ago green, and I put on the green sugarloaf hat from a different year, and I uh, put on the tights from another year, and then I I have the. Um, the little shoes and the shoes look great. Uh, that's the high point. The low point is, oh Yelta, they did it again with the dying system on this. It does the fucked off die yeah. shade when you dye uh, a different color other than the the normal color. So what is white becomes pink or light green or light blue or whatever. When and it's like just change the the bold color. Don't change Leave the rest the of it white. white. Yeah. Yeah, I and and on some colors I thought it looked nifty, but I you know part of it part of the design of that dress seems to lead itself towards you know a bold striking color, and then you have the pretty white. You mm-hmm. know, it's it. I don't know. I I do wish I know it's more data. I know it's more. It would cause servers to explode, and you know, I don't know. It would melt down. You'll have to buy a whale. Yeah, but uh, but uh, you know, if, even if we could have two dye channels you know for some of that stuff it just let me say i want the skirt to be left alone or le- or and just dye the, the the bodice piece i don't know it would be nice but uh no i didn't I, it wasn't very hard i was kind of like oh man but i'm not very good at rhythm games and yeah i played that rhythm and i did decent but it was all right, I guess. The story was pretty meh. Nothing, nothing earth shattering. We we've got a new group. There's a new rock. The homunculi. <laughs> yeah. It's so, a little odd. Yeah, yeah. Well, they weren't. They they were in the stories before. Oh, you've seen them? I didn't even I recognize think, them. I think we've had them before. I want, I was hoping they were going to bust the girls out from the other event, and they were going to have a three on three. Well, I was hoping for an orgy, but. Um, <laughs> Yoshida just won't take it that far, and I don't understand why. Uh, but I really was hoping there would be a little three-on-three action, especially with their little risque songs about "Hey, Nani, Nani, let me see up your Bonnie" or something like that. that. And some of the some of the quest text, if you just flash through it, was pretty entertaining. Uh-huh. And I didn't notice um, 
I didn't check all the flavor text on the items that you buy. Ulf was reading them to me from uh, his spot sitting next to me. I checked the help text on like the 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 intermediate like items like the uh oh like the certificates of whatever and and stuff, but I, I forgot to check some some of them some of them are pretty interesting too. What they say anyway. So for doing the quest, what did we get? The hat, the top and the shoes. Mm-hmm. Then there's a indoor tree. It's nice. Yeah. It's cute. I don't like um, silver or white trees, but that's just me. I wish the base wasn't as thick too. That bucket that it's in, not my favorite. It's a little, yeah. It's a bit. It's a bit. I don't know. Um, then I'm like, got a bug up my ass. I'm like, I gotta find my tree, and I think my tree. I took one of the trees out of the free company houses, so I hope it was mine. Because I had like four trees at one point, and I don't know where they are now. So I put a tree up for now in my personal home. Cool. <laughs> I didn't decorate. I'm scared to decorate the free company house anymore because we're at the limit of uh, items. We got to take that shit off the table downstairs. So I think I think maybe we got to take like 10 items down so we can do seasonal decorations. I don't want to like take down something and then like, not have room to get it back up. And then I couldn't find my twinkle lights. You know, the oh, strings no. of lights? Yeah. I had tons of those. I had bought tons of those. I'm wondering if they're on. Well, I don't even think so. I th- I have lost more housing stuff. I don't know where it went. Interesting. I think I Yoshida know. secretly deletes them from She's our characters. <laughs> and it's like, well, the Mog Station has them for sale. You should buy them. Well, because I distinctly remember Cinna like, don't forget your lights. Cause she I had did last, last year, year. Yeah, it was like yeah. take your stuff yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, and I think I got those back, but I don't know. I, I, I feel like I lose some. Well, and then I'm like, well, did I pick them up on Hazel? That's a whole other account I unsubscribed. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, but actually, I went on the web and dug through all of the retainers inventories, and it's not on any of Hazel's retainers. And I, don't I mean, know. you can use that handy dandy oh, companion app. I could if I could link more than one account to it. Oh but... goddamn. <laughs> no, I haven't even tried that app again since it, I I tried for like a week, and it would not let me sign in. It, it said that that some wasn't I don't remember some error message pissed me off. I gave up on it. It asked me for my credit card number <laughs> and my social security number. It asked time. me my cup size. You know. Oh just, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that was the wrong app. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we we're no. looking at the same app. I I just didn't really play that much. I played some. I played some Minecraft this week. I don't remember what else. I, oh, I played some Final Fantasy XI this week oh. on an unofficial server. Oh, somebody! You're playing with away. Ninja, aren't you? Who? The Twitch streamer. You've been playing with Ninja. I don't think so. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. I played that a little bit, but I'm like level eight, just killing bats in the mines. Where'd you start? Where you are? Did you play Tartar? Oh, you played Bastok. Yeah, that's where I started back mm-hmm. in the day. Oh yeah, because that's where I started way back. PS2 bait or yeah release I think it might have been release yeah back years and years ago that's a long time now say hi to President Karst for me uh, but that's uh, that's pretty much what I did I uh, I do we we got some plans we got some people showing interest they want to do extreme we we do more talking about it than doing it but one of these days we are going to get together and have some uh, uh, primal extreme primal learning clearing farming going on mm-hmm. just got to get a, a few of us in and ready to go i guess yeah I don't know. 
We'll get so. through the holidays and we'll get it all knocked out. Probably, yeah. I think the last one I was going to go to was scheduled on like Thanksgiving or something, and I'm like, uh. well, it's you know we have busy evenings and we have a busy evening coming up this Saturday. In fact, we do, we do. We were uh, we were talking, you know, primal farming, and then it popped in my head. I'm like, you know, Rubicon and I have other things we're supposed to do, agreed to do on Saturday, and we're supposed to go on Phoenix Town Radio, so we are going to be guests. On episode 85, that's going to be on Saturday, December 22nd, 2018, Phoenix Stone Radio. They're going to have us on as guests. Uh, we had Klaus on, of course, last, our last show. So that ought to be good. That ought to be fun. Yeah. It's uh, 9.30 Eastern, 6.30 Pacific. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's a, like a Christmas anniversary slash birthday episode yeah, for Klaus's birthday. Klaus. Yeah. yeah. Happy birthday, buddy. I think he put in the notes that he's old. Mm. He's younger. He's younger than me. So I told him to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Hush, little boy. <laughs> so funny. All right, you can shoot the shit with us. Go to the website, www.gtffxiv.com, or send us a tweet or an email or whatever. Let us know what you've been up to this week. First round is news. We have, let's see. Oh, the patch 4.5, a Requiem for Heroes special site is now live. Hey-o. Yay, hey-o. So, they're, they, you know, they do these patch special sites that I can never figure out how to get to unless I have the direct link. Is it not easy to get to from the lodestone, or is that just me? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I, I usually see like reddits or tweets or something else. Like, of course we come from the, uh, the main page and then we post the link in our own notes. And so, you know, I see the link down here, but otherwise, yeah, I don't, I don't know how they come up with, because you got to put na.finalfantasy14.com and then each patch, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I will have the link now, so. Oh, and I get to read the cookie policy again, guys. How many mm. of us are sick of the cookie policy? We got it. You're taking cookies. Uh, the trailer, not out yet. <laughs> uh, probably after at the live letter, right? Probably. Don't you think? I yeah. would. I would think so. I I don't. I don't know that they would make us wait much longer. So the site is up. I think this is all stuff we've seen before. We have some uh, screenshots about the main scenario. We got Alfano and not Gaius at the burn. What's his name? Oh, that's Gaius Van Belsar. What's his name? What, are the, what is he calling himself? <laughs> oh, his his name, his real name. I don't sh- shadow banger or something. <laughs> <laughs> the man of many masks on his I don't belt. He's like shadow. I don't remember now either. I really expected to see more of him in the like the last patch, but uh, they they got more story to tell. So it looks like we're getting more with uh, him and. Then we have oh we have all of the leaders. The They're LLB. all dead. They're all gonna die. Not yet. Shh. Oh okay. Let me hold Shh. that. Hold that thought. <laughs> all right. Then we, there's the section on Blue Mage. All stuff I think we've already seen. Very yeah, nice I, the, the only thing that was new to me there is I like the uh, little description about the so-called mage of rather questionable character. Oh, yeah. Because the one thing that really jumps out is he learned this magic on his voyage to the New World. 
So we're getting a little New World lore in there. We've heard about the New World before. In fact, sorry to bust my taco friend's bubbles, but when we did talk to Koji or he did say anything about tacos in the past, he did mention about the New World. I know we're all hoping it's Thavnerian tacos, but he did mention mm. that it would be New World now where, tacos. Now where would the time? New World be? They, they say New World, but I don't West. know what they mean by that. West? And there's something about there's, there's Rogadin that have sailed far to the West and have found a New World. Um, there's tales of that even in the first lore book. I am not a lore god, so don't mm-hmm. quote me, but I believe that there is there is stuff about Rogadin in the New World in there. And so here's some more prelude to the New World. Um, something I was reading, I think, in the second lore book and in, in just the first few pages was about how the maps were created and the maps are living maps now that um, when the maps of Eorzea were drawn, you know, there was a lot of mystery about what's going on with Ishgard, and we haven't really seen much of Charleian in recent years, and we're not quite sure where these mountains are. And now when we see new maps that have uh, Aldenard, Isilbard, and Othard in it, um, there are uh, landmarks even on the Eorzean map that are different, like Samal was not there in the old maps that, you know, our free company member Millicent Green was post- on every wall in the free company house. None of those <laughs> none of those landmarks were there and they're there now and I expect our maps to to grow and it it mentions that about some uh, a character that that was drawing the maps and now people have taken the art of of doing maps uh and uh we should see more changes. So I'm not surprised that we don't see anything about the west yet. I think we will see more about uh, the new world in upcoming times. Um, I think we have multiple expansions yet for this game. And uh, new world, in fact, I think it's similar to what they were talking about in 11 when we went to Treasures of Art or Gone. Um, I think that was considered a new world. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Blue Mage came out of that expansion as well. So there's some similarities to Final Fantasy 11 when we look at uh, new jobs coming. Uh, I don't know if that means Room Fencer or uh, uh, anything to, to that is coming, but we'll we'll see how it goes. Well, and I know there's a lot of people taking a close look at the Blue Mage spell book. It's now big enough we can read. And it says how to learn the spell. And uh, These icons look amazing. Yeah, they look real nice. Water cannon, easily mastered via defeat of a kraken. So... I'm assuming your first walkthrough storyline bit will probably just give you a spell. <laughs> so, and then there's a, uh, uh, a little close-up pictures of what's going on in the Masked Carnival. Looks like there's, uh, I don't even know how to read that, but it looks like you're going to have a, a cherry bomb and it's going to tell you what you're going to fight. So I'm assuming then you get to slot your spells and uh, prepare and then you go kill them. Mm-hmm. That would make sense to me anyway. But the UI looks pretty nice. Looks great. It's not bad. All right, we do have the Gimlet Dark new dungeon. There's a lot of people talking about this because uh, it seems very obvious that that's where some shit goes down storyline-wise, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I like this description here about the Al, uh, the travel Twix Aldenard and Isolbard. It did my... My uh, poor memory, I was like, where are those again? Because I forget that Eorzea is actually part of Aldenard. Aldenard is actually the continent. Eorzea is the weird name that we give to the land. Another 1.0 remnant or whatever was going on there. But 
it's really once you cross through Alamigo, and if you're going to go to the Empire from Alamigo, you got to cross through the Gimlet Dark. And uh, I think this is, again, the final showdown. This is like we got to go back to the the Empire believes they have to go back to Alamigo, do this, or whatever Elidibus thinks, or whatever's happening with Asians. And uh, our big battle is going to be here in this very dark world. And it looks busy. This picture looks wild. Yep. It looks like there'd be shit, some shit going on. It, it makes me think of like when we were in the 2.0 storyline, going in and raiding bases and stuff. And this looks like, you know, I had a downright war going on. We got, I don't know, we got crashed ships here and. How much of the stuff is new? How much of the stuff was when there was fighting here earlier? Maybe. I don't know. It's got that Silver Tear, silver tear Falls kind of mm-hmm. feel with the enemies here, the ships and things. Yeah. Well, yeah. I love that uh, the next picture over, the big – what are those called? The Iron Giants. The Iron Giants. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Those are nice. And then, of course, we have the either loved or hated – uh, gear picture. I'm okay the, with it. I, 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 don't I seem, really... to, seem kind of just like decent to me. Some of the pieces the, might be cool. The mages don't look bad to me. I'm I'm kind of okay with them. Usually the mages, I'm like, oh, fuck, they screwed us and they mm-hmm. gave the, you know, dragoons and stuff better gear. But the melee characters have this kind of knitted doublet thing. I don't know what to call it. Quilted doublet. I don't know it's what this Gambison. is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's, uh, it's not my fave, uh, but the, um, I, I kind of like what these others are, are wearing in here and I, I, I'm interested to see what comes out of what, but I've seen worse gear in this game. Well, and I don't mind sexy looking stuff, but I kind of like that, uh, I kind of like the little covered mage, it's more of a tunic, it's less of a long gown. Some people are very bitter that the, there's the long uh, coats on uh, a lot of the uh, tanky types. But wow. uh, I don't know. I'm a caster. I, Everything's a dress. <laughs> Everything's a dress. I, I do hope they do like, and I hope they do a little more. You know, when we were doing Stormblood and we started getting uh, drops out of like, was it the Violet Sushi, Violet Tides or whatever? Can't mm-hmm. think of the name of it. Sushi, not Sushi. But, sushi. Uh, su- <laughs> but um, you know, they were cool looking pieces and not just cool because they were skimpy but cool because they were different and i you know i don't always want to wear a dress but it's you know gowns and uh and robes and stuff are very magey i don't know i wish we get our cowls back they they never do it again because it uses the they don't like the two they don't like the two pieces of uh, weapons you can't have a wand and a shield anymore like we used to mm-hmm. you know you can't have a call because someone would have to do math and add up whether or not the body piece that it has a hood attached you know is worth more well, than well. two separate pieces i miss having calls and when i remember do you remember the tank pants that also were feet yes and that like freaked me out when i was way back i was playing uh Playing gladiator or paladin must have been a gladiator yet i think i'm like why can't i put on pants why can't i put on shoes and then you know it's like oh hover over read it okay yep yep it's all one piece but can, can we have like a it looks like a cowl on your head or maybe that would they're worried it wouldn't line up nicely if you didn't wear the right body with it or something 
I don't know. I kind of miss that look, though. I don't know what I think about the headgear. We have a lot of little interesting helmets with little mask things on it. And then the mage has a sweatband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's okay, though. I think they're nice looking. I think they're decent looking pieces that might be fun to mix and match with other outfits. It, exactly. I yeah. think they may be good. They might be some good shoes out of it or something like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I always try to keep the newest dungeon gear like one set in the, in the, uh, not armoire, but the glamour dresser, <clears throat> the commode, mm-hmm. if you will. And, uh, I, you know, and then I swap them out because now we can take them in and out. So, you know, it's a good, it's a good piece. And again, you may find some little pieces you might want to hang on to to uh, use as an accent item later down the road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes nice to go back to an earlier set when everybody else is wearing the same thing or all, all glamoured in the same, oh, you know, whatever's new on the Mog Station or event awards rewards or something. Mm-hmm. So, I go back to my uh, coil gear some quite a lot. That that healing body, man, it's the best. It's like, I love it. Wear it all the time, and the pants that go with it. All right, I think that's about it. the The special side's a little bare so far, um, but it's slowly being filled in. All right, join us for duty commenced episode twenty sixth. On December 19th, so you probably have either missed it or have already watched it. But uh, Duty Commenced Episode 26 is Wednesday, December 19th. Join the North American Community Team as they discuss final, oh, discuss Fan Festival and recent news, tackle some in-game content with viewers, showcase community commendations, and host some special Starlight giveaways. So these are, oh, we have Neha. I don't know who that one is. Which no, Anne Chenin. Who's the... Oh, Ridrina? Yeah, she was the newest member. The newest one. Okay, see, and mm-hmm. I don't think I watched the last one, so... And I don't think we ran into her at FanFest, although she was there. Oh. I, I didn't have an opportunity to uh, to talk to her. Shannon tapped me on the shoulder and did the whole, like, ha-ha game, you know, hid behind, like, one shoulder and then the mm-hmm. other. It was like, ha-ha, you're funny. And I saw Aya. Aya actually stalked me at FanFest. This is... Um, <laughs> True story. I, had, I, I was this close to getting a restraining order, uh... Found out that they were rooming on the same floor that Senna and I were rooming on. Gotcha. And every time I went to the uh, the machine to get a, a soda or the ice machine or the elevators, there's Aya. Like, what are you doing <laughs> here? Are you, doing? are you stalking me? I told her several times. I was like, please leave me alone. Leave me and my family alone. No, she's sweet. <laughs> and uh, Never talk to me or my son again. <laughs> literally i had my son with me uh so i i think a lot of them were on there because again i saw koji on our floor and and others so um that was fun it was great i unfortunately didn't get a chance to talk to ridrina uh i hope at the next one we get to uh hang out i get to see her uh but uh the girls always do a good job so i'm looking forward to this one although i'll be at work my Mm -hmm. senna will be on Two different Twitch channels begging <laughs> them to pick one of our names for one of these cute plushies. Yeah, I think the last couple ones, uh, not this last one, but uh, I've, I've been trying to catch them on my phone because it's like at five o'clock. I could like either, you know, head home or try to watch it at work. So, oh, there's some cute ones. We got some uh, little minion, plush minions. What is this here? 
that a chocobo lamp? Is what it is a that? lamp? I don't know what that is. It's I not love clickable. Lamp. It's not clickable, so. It oh, must be light little, stand. A little light stand, maybe. It's a fat chocobo. It's very mm-hmm. cute, so. And they're going to do community commendations. They've done this before. Uh, as we all know, the Final Fantasy XIV community is full of talented content creators. And they uh, they uh, will feature some of the their works on the channel. All right. Announcing the Starlight Scenarios comic contest. Winter has cascaded across Eorzea, bringing with it a snowfall and starlight. Gather the company of your loved ones, share some hot cocoa, and celebrate the season of kindness and giving. So, curate a few screenshots for a brief holiday comic and show us what the season means to you and yours. So this is just like a screenshot collage contest, huh? Hmm. That sounds interesting. There's an official entry thread. And then there's a practice thread for practice slash discussion. I'm going there now. I don't look at the practice thread. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Do is there any? Oh, they, there's some examples. Get some examples. And they, so hints and tips on camera controls and freezing your character. And oh my god. Uh huh. Are you uh-huh. looking at what I'm looking at? Uh huh. I guess it's my turn to show what I Zexos got for the rest of the team. Oh Lord, that yeah, golden subligar. Uh huh. Uh huh. Do you see wow. he made subligar cookies? By the way, on his Twitter, he was posting oh, subligar cookies. Yes, he, I think I did. I think I it did. It's beautiful. It's good stuff. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, there's a bunch of uh, rules. Uh, be sure to include the following in your submission. At least four screenshots minimum, six maximum, depicting you and your companions enjoying the Starlight Celebration in a comic book style. You can have accompanying text and story. You can you can edit your screenshots. A lot of these contests don't let you edit the screenshots, but you have to, I would assume, to be able to do this one. Uh, you don't have to add any text or captions. Uh, you can use group posts to enhance it. Your selection from the available in-game prizes. Uh, one entry per person. Entries cannot be edited after submission. Blah, 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 blah. There's some official rules. Go read them. They are going to select 50 winners based on quality, creativity, originality, and overall execution according to the criteria listed above. 50 winners will receive one of these in-game items, and they are... Wow, I'm really surprised, Ruby. I really thought they would take the scarf of wondrous wit off this list. I figured. Oh God! La- I figured the last. I figured the last contest we had would be the last one they would do this since they were just giving them away. I love you, people, but what are you doing? What this doesn't even make sense to me. If you're going to give scarfs of wondrous wit away for just a one-time event, or that's going to come back every year. Excuse me, it's not a one-time event. It comes back every year. Why Why are you still giving this away as a prize? Everybody and their mom should have bought this by now. It just – why not refresh these prizes? I just don't get it. Well, you could even – honestly, you could do like like a palette like, – like the Mandragora Choker. You could like do a Queen Mandragora Choker and it would cost them almost nothing I would think in – you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So mm. we are judging you. Square Enix. I blame Bayon. I blame Bayon. 
this looks like a really fun contest. I need I need to go and look some of these and uh, and check them out. Right now, I think all the ones in the practice one are test ones. And see a whole lot of. There's oh, one there's in there one. that's there's cute. One. Yeah. Stuffing my face with donuts. It's actually adorable. I don't understand why there's Christmas donuts, Ruby, or Starlight donuts. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Okay, I don't get it. Wreaths. I don't. I don't. I guess wreaths. Oh man, donuts iced as little wreaths would be cute. I'm just saying. Oh, let's market that. Mm -hmm. Nobody who's listening, please do not steal that idea. Yelta and I are selling donuts now. This is the last episode. (sighs) GTF, I'll be 400 pounds the next time you see me because I will eat half the donuts. So, all right. Let's see. Oh, we have, we have like, this next one was interesting. I caught this one too. We have a, th- a couple of Reddit threads. Oh. And you ready for this? I'm ready for this okay. one. They, they talk about the key art. 4.4 and 4.5's key art. So if you like bring up the sites and click on the show me the image without any any text on it, they're one large image. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, that's that was kind of interesting. Yeah. This and it's one of those that makes you go, okay, what are they trying to tell us? Because if this is one large image. Is there a meaning that's behind it? You you now can see a big picture with uh, Garlean's finest on the left and uh, the Warrior of Light alone on the right. And, and again, going back to the left, you've got the you know, granddaddy of them all, Daddy Emperor, and uh, the boy back from the dead along with Maxima, uh, Shadowbanger, and Al- Alphano, who looks like a scared little boy, he's actually brighter than the rest. Like he's got more color, which is kind of like what the Warrior of Light on the right-hand side is. He's bright, right? So, I mean, the light and the darkness or what have you. But the one thing that keeps coming out as a theme, and that's even in the Shadowbringers logo, is that the Warrior of Light is alone. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time we've seen the Warrior of Light alone and as much as we're seeing the the banners for each of the grand companies in doma and uh i i really think tragedy is about to strike i mean we all know that it's going to happen but i i i think whatever you think is going to happen you should you should really add to that you should multiply (laughs) multiply because like heaven's word was dark you went into heaven's word like oh my god you were like just betrayed and you thought your friends were all dead and you had to flee to another country with, uh, you know, you and who else went with you? Tataru and Alphana, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, are you going to be, and then, and then going into Stormblood, really, you, there was some shitty times, but you went into Stormblood with your boy band, right? Everybody yeah. was with you. You had everybody with you. And, and if you're caught up with the story right now, your friends are having problems. <laughs> they're just they're falling unconscious and, you know, there's stuff is going on. Yeah. A lot of the comments in here are 
alluding to a Garlean civil war, which that that's been part of the story. You mm-hmm. know, they have got the populi or whatever it's called, popular, popularis, and uh, and in the throne and and uh, or the emperors and and there's there's animosity even within there there's acrimony, if you will, within uh, Garlemald. Um, that compounded with if uh, if Xenos is defeated, if uh, one Asian is betraying another within Garlemald, and um, what we think we're doing is right ends up being wrong, even to the degree of what we talked about last week with um, Ishtola letting Aether come into areas that probably shouldn't be happening. There's just mm-hmm. there's a lot of loose ends. Uh, that that we don't know anything about, and I think we're going to get that part one, part two of uh, four point five, where we see something dark, and then something really dark happen by the end of it all. Uh, moving on, there were some other comments here, some other Reddit threads, and I wanted to go next into an AMA that was done with the. Um, Feast Regional Champions, or Feast Regional Championship Champions, uh, and Frosty and Plus One. And we're not big PvPers, Yelta and I. Nah. But this was a really cool AMA. Just skimming through it, I was like, wow, there are some really good questions and answers here uh, by the champions. Mainly about what should happen to PvP in the future, really for 5.0. And how they can make PvP more attractive to the general populace and just perform better, be more fun. The first question, top of it, what are the biggest changes you think Square Enix needs to make to PvP? And uh, Nico Zamvi, one of the regional champions here, said, There are several ways to go about this, but for me personally, change Frontline and Feast to be more recognizable game modes. Rival Wings and the Feast were arguably too different and strange to what players are accustomed to, whereas, say, a Capture the Flag game mode, everyone has a general idea what to do immediately upon zoning in. Number two, add more complexity to each job with more abilities, actions, and utility. Creating more familiar game modes would allow players to focus their attention more on actual player versus player combat and improving on their jobs instead. Three, adjust these game modes so they encourage faster queues. By this I mean create smaller frontline matches, two teams 8v8 or 16v16, so that queues are fast and plentiful. And for the fees, perhaps a way for players to queue for more than one role at a time. Also considering systems that can funnel players' teams to queue at the same time. Uh, TLDR, create familiar and simple game modes, increase job complexity, and create systems that will promote shorter queues. I feel like these are all things that we have talked about as a community the the community at large have talked about in the past especially about the queue times being too long like when they bring out a new feast mode or a new a new pvp mode everybody and their mom is doing it for two weeks and you can get pop 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 and especially when they added experience to it but that was a double-edged sword adding experience to front lines yeah people were using it to level up early on in 4.0 but then the bots were using it and then you got the bot problem um, and so I think that was counterintuitive, whereas there could be other ways to make the queue times pop faster. And then, like, I still haven't walked into Rival Wings, Yelta. I've no, never... No, because it looks scary to me because it's like I don't understand the game. I don't mode. know 
what to do. I don't know what it's about. And everybody's going to be like, well, it's just robots and you find each other. It's like, well, it seems odd. It seems really weird. Whereas if I dropped in and I and somebody said, it's capture the flag, I'd be like, hell yeah, where's my shotgun? Well, like, I'm ready. Sh- shatter was really obvious to me what you do. Yes, you could you could argue about a couple different techniques. Should you, you know, focus on shattering the crystals or killing each other or a little bit of both? Or, you know, should we split up and have some of us work on whatever? But but you knew the objective and right. you knew you ran over and murdered Ice. And then you would, you know, occasionally murder each other if you could get away with it. Other okay. games have done that too, yeah. and and that's why it's recognizable. If you think about Ragnarok online, you know they had game modes that you had to break another tower's statue or crystal or something in between, uh, and and it makes sense. You're going in, and there's you're going to have. Uh, roles that are going to put traps on the floor and things to glue people down so they don't make it to your stuff or to block and put walls up or something else. Oh, it's like you got a other people. kind of phase. Yeah, and you got it's... other people that are like, look, I'm the DPS. I'm headed for the crystal. I'm going to break the crystal or the statue or whatever you're breaking in that. And it's a clear-cut objective. So I think Shatter was a breakthrough in in all the game modes um which that was like the the last of the three that came out right of, well there was the before type. that was the one where you ran around and you it was kind of capture the flag you uh you downloaded data from the tomes mm-hmm. that that and then you would run to the middle and murder each other but i wasn't really sure why that was happening or you murdered yeah. something in the middle i just did whatever my team told me to do so yeah uh, and then there was a number four that was added by uh, by someone else, and that's making the uh, the the PvP rewards realistically obtainable. Um, you know, to have these these really special rewards for groups is great, but when you can't you can't get even a, a fraction, like maybe a non diable set or something of of these the mounts whatever, it makes you not want to do it. So if there's nothing to attain and there's no reason for me to go in there, why should I play these? So these these were all good ideas. Um, another change that was mentioned here by Stragus was the biggest changes to better PvP, in my opinion, is the re-addition of individuality, complexity, and reducing the power of comeback mechanics, less reliance on your team, developer, and community cohesion, and more stable servers. That's a mouthful. Um but I like the idea of the individuality and complexity, and he elaborates on those two. Uh, he says they go hand in hand. To be blunt, add more abilities to PvP with interesting and thought-out interactions. PvP needs more action so that the skill gap can be wider to allow for differences player to player. As it stands now, the skill gap is extremely small, and every match generally feels the same with small variances. The old PvP players felt something if they saw a specific player on the other team. This no longer exists. Unlike other game types, such as MOBAs and FPSs with minimal buttons, there are other complexities outside of the actions that create the skill gap that allows player differentiation. Final Fantasy XIV's PvP needs more complexity in the jobs themselves to recreate what PvP used to have in the past. It needs it. I agree there, even as a non-PVP player for the most part. Um, we've always talked about the individuality of the roles, and um, I see this repeatedly in this AMA is about the skill gap, where it's it just feels like it's the same buttons over and over, and it doesn't allow somebody who has more skill to know how to use those abilities in the right order or to pull tricks off. I remember Joe Never Fails would talk about 
his dragoon his dragoon abilities and what he would do depending on what interaction or what job rolled up to him. I would start with this and then I'd go into this. But if you've got this scenario, I would do this and pop off this. When they took away all the abilities and then they made it very bare bones and they came back, a lot of longtime PvP players dropped. Joe Never Fails doesn't do this anymore. He's playing other games. Um, they removed the complexity, and I think for a lot of those old PvP players, it removed the fun out of it. Uh, and then the last line of this guy's uh, comment, Netcode, of course, is a big contender. It simply needs to be better. You know, you want to talk about putting this into esports. You want to talk about making this big, but the Netcode isn't good. You got big issues. Yeah, you're, there, there's no way they can succeed and make it a bigger thing than it already is. Uh, the, to be sure, the PvP in this game is not just a, uh, well, other games have PvP, we'll jam it in here. They've obviously worked very hard and continue to try to do new things and, you know, they, and, and they, and they, and they did the simplification, the streamlining, and that was good for some people. But like you said, it really hurt those people who really enjoyed PVP, liked to learn what their classes could do in PVP and how to situationally react to certain scenarios. So I'm hoping that now that they cut it back way, they can like start expanding it again or something. Um, I don't know. I can't talk about it well because I don't really care for it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if, as long as there's a, a PvP mode, and some of it for me, I see in my head kind of like normal versus extreme stuff. If there's like some PvP or maybe it's ranked and I can go in there and just like kind of do okay and, you know, have a little fun, that's one thing. But mm -hmm. I don't ever want to be in there with someone who happens to be like, ah, it's a white mage, I'll push these two buttons and she's dead. That's not fun for me. Right. Because I don't know, and, and some of that will be a learning curve, but I don't want to be thrown in there with someone who's really, really good and just just repeatedly stomps me or or whatever. So that so I, they're going to, they have, and I know they want to kind of, keep everything accessible to everyone but at the same time you got to let those people who are really enjoying it and have a pvp focused mind and like to figure out you know how to push buttons good <laughs> yeah. they, they have to have a place where they can play and do well and yes absolutely you have to have snappy servers you have to have fast queue times for practicing mm. you got to have you know you know you can't have lag when you're trying to you know capture the flag or whatever the hell you're supposed to do in there sure yeah for me out of all of those until i i get to play enough i don't have much of an opinion and that goes back to fast queue times going back to my star wars experience <laughs> uh those were very, very, very fast queue times. And to think like if I'm going to wait for something, I've got people that's supposed to log on at 9 and I'm on at 8 o'clock. And I know I could do like maybe three PvP matches back to back or something for 10 or 15 minutes a pop before people come on and I got to prepare for something. Why the hell not? Or I'm bored. I don't really have much to do. I got a couple of hours to kill. I'm definitely not going into Eureka. Not a whole lot going on. Why don't we just pop on and do that? It's something other than maps. It's something other than, you know, grinding up another job. And I know we have more stuff coming in the future, but PvP should always kind of be there lingering in the background that there's not really much else to do. It's like, fuck it. Let's do a little PvP. It's going to come up pretty fast. I'll be able to jump in, jump out. Now, once you have that, then you can go... 
yeah, well, I jump in on my white mage and I get stomped. So maybe they need to tweak some things where I have a little more individuality or I get an extra shield or I have some more complexity to my role. And that's kind of some of the comments that, you know, as we keep reading, um, like I, I'm skipping down to um, – Oh, I just passed it because I was going to answer something else, but now it's changed changed gears again. What uh, what do you think is a difference between like uh, solo queues and um, uh, uh, going in as a group? And a lot of it has to stem with communication and then relying on what your team members do. And then it goes into like what job you take because depending on the job you take, if you go into a light party and you don't have the communication, you're screwed because you don't know when to burst. They mentioned machinist. Machinist has things that to get a full burst off, uh, you need to have that target stunned or bind so you can you can get all your abilities off. And uh, without the communication, it's not there. So if you've also got issues with uh, complexity in the job or the individuality of the role, plus you can't get all your stuff off because you're you're relying on other team members to do their abilities and you don't have the right communication for it, you've got a whole mess of problems that really they're not going to get enough feedback for because enough people aren't playing it or queuing up for it. Uh, and so it, it makes you feel like you're uh, – it makes you feel like your shit don't stink, I guess, as far as Square Enix because they need more opinions. And I think something like this, I really hope somebody is reading this and taking it to heart. Um, I'm going to skip to the one that I really wanted to talk about. What are your hopes for PvP for both the end of Stormblood and the transition into 5.0? Uh, Lin Vara S says, no paladin buffs allowed. I think that's a joke. Honestly, I'm really hoping they add at least two more abilities to each job. That's top of my list. I really can't stress it enough, but a huge first step to improving the state of PvP would be to make the jobs more complex while making the mode simpler. This is another person saying oh, the same thing. I've seen it twice now scrolling thing. down. Yeah, yeah. Simpler, simple mode so you can work on getting good at your job. More complexity in the job to allow more of a skill gap but make the mode understandable to everybody that goes into it. Uh, continuing, I'm praying we see changes like this soon. My main complaint when 4.x was launched was the lack of a skill ceiling. I felt like I was on the same skill level as a new healer despite my experience and skill. That was a huge turnoff for me. Um, the next one uh, was uh, Rockley33 says, Great question. I think they should buff Paladin <laughs> and revert cover changes and also give them a move similar to Samurai's Dash that consumes... Uh, gauge would be really neat and also buff scholar um and then uh divine says i personally am hoping that sc actually listens to the feedback given on the forums new frontline maps that are actually pvp oriented and actual rewards that are pvp pay based off ranking and participation uh so again it's just it's kind of rinse wash repeat but these are people who won the PvP Championship in Las Vegas, people who actually play day-by-day day PvP and are screaming at Square Enix, change this. Please do something. It also sounds like these guys had a great time. There were some questions about what was your experience in Vegas, and uh, it sounded like everybody had a great time. So I really hope they continue this. I don't want them to move into the eSports stuff until this is fixed. Somebody says that in here too. Please don't go into eSports with this broken like this. This is not the time for eSports. It's the time to take feedback and build upon this, make this fun for everybody, and then you can talk about doing whatever silly eSports you want to do after that, but 
fix this first. Well, is it engaging enough for a viewer for it to really hit it big in the esports realm? I never see anybody on Twitch doing this. I, I'm not looking, looking at Final Fantasy 14 Twitch streamers. The ones I follow are like Xenesis, and there's a few others that play. Um, and I never see them doing any PvP stuff. I may be just looking at the wrong guys, but at the same time, it just it doesn't seem like it's exciting to watch. And Joe Never Fails used to do a lot of it. But I already told you, without the complexity, he finds it boring and he's moved on. So that's the uh, PvP AMA. Uh, there's more to it. Go feel free to read it yourself. And we'll link this in the um, on the website afterwards so you guys can take a look at it. Yelta, yeah. I'm going to take the charge on the next one as well, if you, you don't go mind. For it. You just charge on. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I watched a really great episode of um, Speakers of Heidelin, uh, the Speakers Network guys, and they uh, covered this FanFest interview with Koji Fox that Gamer Escape did. This Gamer Escape uh, Koji Fox interview is fantastic. Koji is off the rails, Yelta. He's cussing. He's dropping <laughs> oh, no. F-bombs. He's going nuts in this stuff, and there's a lot of really great questions. Here's what I love about Anonymous, Fusion, and the gang at Gamer Escape because they're old like us. <laughs> and I mean no, and yeah. I mean they're I mean they're 1.0 old. Mm-hmm. They're not letting go of this 1.0 lore. And they don't let go of the 1.0 stuff that never got answered. And they stick it to Koji with these 1.0 questions. Oh, and I as a it. former <laughs> 1.0 player, I'm like, yeah, what happened to that? Where's this? Where are we going to get this? So I'm going to dive right into it. Sorry if this gets a little long, but I'm, I'm going to try to keep it a, as short as possible. You guys know how to read. Uh, Gamerscape starts off with uh, – let's start with cosmological clarity. So much has changed since the first time we talked about it. There are 13 different dimensions, shards that have branched off from the source, and these 14 dimensions have been diverging ever since. More recently, the Omega Story arc shows us that traveling across this vast interstellar space how much of the sources dimension universe is copied over do you guys know and i think what he's saying is if our world is split into 13 parts or 14 really is the whole universe split 14 ways or is it just our planet that split 14 our star split 14 ways um and koji expounds on that how far is the split is it focused on heidelin or is it going bigger he's got to talk to odasan and a lot of these answers say Got to talk to Otisan about this. Uh, but there are other planets, he admits. Um, Heidelin is not the only planet, but it is going to be – this is his quote – that it's going to be one of those things we're going to be talking about in the near future. Hopefully a lot of those answers will come to light. Omega didn't come from our planet. Neither did Midgar Sormer. So what the fuck is going on? And that's actually the next question. Uh, Midgar Zormer and uh, Omega are definitely from the source dimension, just from out there somewhere. And the answer is, I think so. Uh, he mentions that Omega's from a faraway place, and its creators are also from there, and they traveled the Sea of Stars <laughs> to do his Omega shit, and then <laughs> wanting to become a man. So Omega officially does Omega shit as <laughs> he, he travels. He has a murder boner for Midgar's armor and does Omega shit. Uh, that's official. That's in the that'll be in the third lore book. <laughs> I want like the I want, want, want I want the like little guide 
I want him to destroy like this little something you just would like carbon copy off with just like handwritten notes and little sketches of Midgar's Omer and like doing an Omega doing Omega shit, just like this underground newsletter. I want an underground <laughs> newsletter. And like what really book. is Omega shit? Is that like him watching Netflix? <laughs> is he throwing dice in a back alley? What is Omega shit? I don't Please know. Omega shit. <laughs> That's my question for Koji Fox. Please define Omega shit. Uh, Gamer Escape. I know I ask this every year, but is this game still in its own universe? It's not connected to any other game universes. You know, that line blurs. And uh, Koji says, we have a core lore, but Yoshida's thing is that the writer should be able to do – this is him. I quote, should be able to do whatever the fuck they want and not have to worry about the lore. Then they take that to the lore team, and it's the lore team's job to make it fit with the rules we have. Fair. Uh, uh, Fair enough. Uh, So, you know, something like with the Aether, we want to do this, but there's this weird rule about Aether. It's the lore team's job to make that fit. So there are crossovers, but as far as we know now, it is not connected to Final Fantasy XII. He says that, but no, it's not connected to Final Fantasy XII universe or the Dragon Quest universe. I mean, we did have that crossover. So for now, no, it's not connected to those universes. We, you know, Omega's doing shit, and there's all kinds of stuff that uh, the the writers do whatever the fuck they want. So we'll see. Uh, more on lore. Where's the Mikate lore these days? There's hints that they came from Mericidia. There's stuff about Isobard. Where's it at? Koji's answer, the short version, is there were six eras. And, uh, you know, over a thousand years sometimes happens between these eras, and there's a lot of stuff happens. During the fifth calamity, things got wet, and then they froze, and then people cross land bridges. And, and in Earth's history, our planet, right here, right now, we had land bridges, and people crossed from here to there, and we don't know where people originally came from. Oh, people so- move around. And they and that's yeah. that's what's happening. So yeah, Mikote may have been in Mericidia, and there may have been Mikote and Isobard. But the core of it is, after an Umbral era, there's always going to be a place that's rich with Aether, mm-hmm. and it comes to find out that Eorzea has consistently, or at least in the most recent astral eras, have has a abundance of aether and that's where people flock. I don't know how they discover where the aether's at, but they they grass flock is always here. greener on the other side. Uh, apparently the grass is always greener in Eorzea. So everybody's coming uh to our continent to uh to hang out and that's why we have so many races that are converged in one spot. But there's a lot of lore that lore, a lot of lore that we haven't uh explored yet and he even mentions dusk whites because people are always clamoring where the hell these dark elves come from. Um, you know, they're, they're going to talk about this stuff, but part of the issue is, and I think he expands upon it in another question, is that every time they come up with a new place and a new race and a new thing, that's the forefront. So if we're going to get bunny people soon, everybody, because everybody wants Viera, expect there to be a lot of Viera lore, and we're not going to hear much about Makote or about Dusk Whites or whatever else. So we're going to be spoon fed what we wanted, and then we're going to get some of that stuff on the back end or through a post mobile or. And it was the same with the Aura. We got the Aura, but it was like, and do you remember we talked about it on the show? I think, or on the previous show. Boom! There are Aura now. They exist. Yeah, it, it wasn't explained. Surprise! Really, it was like they were here all the time. 
Yeah. The nice part about the Viera is we already have Viera lore from 12, and I bet they borrow heavily from it. We're going to go into the Great Wood, and that's where they lived in 12. So I, I think we'll get some lore right on the front end with Viera, if that's what the race is. <coughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, somehow they're going to need to fit the, uh, the other stuff in there and we'll see how they do it. All right, moving on. GE says on the official forums, you went back to some unanswered Q and a questions. You talked about how Bahamut was rematerialized by his summoning. A dead thing goes into the live stream. It gets blended into pieces. Then people pray and that beacon draws and reassembles them somehow. Uh, you say, oh, reaches out. She's something Shiva allegedly. Rausvagar alleges that he ate Shiva and that he's been, she's been with him the whole time. So where's Shiva? Well, the eating part is still there, according to Koji. Uh, but remember how we once talked about how there could be multiple Ifrits? You're just reassembling pieces from the Aether and forming them into something. There are parts of that being and parts of just regular energy in that core. It's not all of their pieces. He compares it to Tyrannosaurus bones and that sometimes you have to put the rest together with plaster copies. And so the live stream is a mysterious place. And so you're basically kind of taking a piece of that soul out and it's the summoner's mind that builds the rest of that in. So I guess what he's trying to say is a piece of Shiva's soul, you know, goes into the live stream. Uh, maybe her body was swallowed by Rausfagar, but, you know, the soul and parts of things go into the live stream. And then when a summoner, somebody like Yusail, summons them, a part of that, that soul comes out. But it's, it's really the mind of the summoner that builds the form. So these beastmen tribes, I'm assuming, this is my, my impression here, they have an idea of what the form of their god or primal looks like. Everybody knows what that primal looks like, whether it's Garuda or Titan, whatever, at least within that beast tribe. So when they do their summoning, yes, it's bringing out that piece. And then with the power of the crystals or whatever, they, they, they have a, an idea in their mind of what this looks like. And so that's how we see this similar, uh, the similarity between the, so, uh, so much, so much like choosing the form of your destructor, you know, Gozar could be a giant yes. Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Oh, don't think about Stay Puft Marshmallow. Don't think about Stay Puft Marshmallow. <laughs> That's how in my mind I've always figured the summonings worked. Is That's amazing, Yelta, that you, <laughs> that you, you did that. And to link it to Ghostbusters, one of the greatest movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, no. Think about the form of your, just, you know, what you're summoning. And I, I always figured the Beast Tribes had a racial idea, you know. We humans have idea what a Santa Claus looked like. If we could summon Santa Claus, we know what he'd look like. There's a universal idea right? of what Santa Claus comes to. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Amazing, Yelta. You should write the next lore book. Send that in. <laughs> I want to summon Santa. We will all be summoning Santa here in about a week. Uh, when did Zenos gain resonance even when he at – I can't talk about Zenos. No, I can't talk about Zenos. <laughs> Some more Zenos lore coming. Uh, all of the Asian overlords received names from the Signs of Light in 12, but we have 14 overlords. So where are they getting these names from? Uh, <laughs> Koji can't really talk about that, but he does want to make sure everybody knows that Asians do not have shadows. And I really think what he means is Yoshida <laughs> and crew – Keep screwing up these cutscenes and putting mm-hmm. shadows on my Asians. Mm-hmm. Stop putting frickin' shadows on my Asians. They're not supposed to have shadows. So uh, he even brings up, and I'm going to butcher the name, uh, Travenche. 
I had to look this up because I couldn't remember. This is the Elizin bastard from 1.0 that was collecting the horns, the one that's the same horn that made the freaking um, uh, Gubu kill Asilla's father. And uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, that's remember. that's that remember. bastard. He's going. He's digging deep, and he didn't have a shadow in 1.0. He was. He was. Uh, he was uh, uh, I, uh, by an Asian, I guess, possessed by the Asian. So you know, this all goes back to Asians, even from the very beginning. Um, uh, so anyway, he's kind of pissed about the shadow thing, and he goes, "Also, I don't know about the names." <laughs> uh, astrologians are they pulling ether from distant stars? They talk about Chateau did this big thing, and what is it like? So each each magic class pulls their magic from different ways, and um, yeah, basically astrologians are pulling energy out of the stars, and uh, he says, "Hey, maybe there's this whole thing where all the plants are like, God damn it, Hydlin, you guys keep stealing aether from us, <laughs> steal it from your own planet." Uh, so that's, that's pretty funny. Um, I hope that leads us to maybe some, um, geomancer stuff, but he doesn't mention that. Uh, any information on the ASEAN language, what they have in common, please look forward to it. Okay. Uh, we get a zoom in on Sh- Shadow Hunter. It's not Shadow Banger. Yelta Shadow Hunter. Sorry. We zoom in on Shadow Hunter's belt and we see two red masks. Are we to assume that he perma killed them or that he only killed their hosts? That's a good question, Koji says. Please look forward to it. Uh, and they didn't want any please look forward to it answers, but that's what we're getting. But he expounds. Koji says, I'm going to quote this one. We're getting to this point where for so long, especially regarding 1.0, we got better about it 2.0. We don't want to leave loose ends. It's starting to become very focused. Yoshida and Oda-san want to go back and tie up up those loose ends because people keep asking us about them. I think that's one of the goals with future content coming up, hopefully over the next year. They don't want as much stuff dragging behind us anymore and want to bring conclusion to a lot of these storylines. Again, hopefully it'll be the end for One Piece and we'll finally find out what that One Piece is. And then he whispers, it's friendship. Yeah. But... Uh, I like that. So we're going to get some 1.0 answers. Um, that's that's good to me. Uh, GE brings up the heart of Sabic. I had to f- remember who this was. This was Ultima's heart. And uh, Koji says, I don't know. Maybe they threw it into a ravine next to Nidog's eyes. Uh, please look forward to it. I'll never find uh, that. <laughs> uh, GE asks, uh, speaking of stuff. Uh, that fallen through the cracks. Do you have any updates on the so-called mysterious primal? This is talking about what lies beneath Silver Tear. Mm-hmm. So whenever the advance was coming onto um, Aorzia, and this was by Gaius, and he was coming to to coming to Aorzia to take it over, something stopped him. Yes, Midgar Zormer was there, was present, but there was something underneath Silver Tear that was stopping them from going. Uh, he said, when the calamity happened, it caused a lot of changes to Eidolon. Whether that was enough to seal off something that was already sealed, but the seal was getting weak, or that, I don't know. There could be something like that. The hint was that Gaius was stopped for a reason, that it was a powerful force. There is a presence. It wasn't just Midgerzormer there. It was more of a force, and I can't say anything more for now. Okay. So, so, so they're going to answer, because that's like opening movie 
of 1.0, That's right? That's 1.0 movie, yes. Right, so I, I would like to know the answer to these things. I'm excited that they're not just going to be like, well, whatever, that we nuked that planet. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I don't like when they do that and they're just like, oh, lore changed. And I feel that's kind of look Yoshida's thing, like, well, something changed, we move on. And that's exactly what Koji was saying before when he says, you know, do do they do whatever the fuck they want. It's, it's saying Yoshida just changes shit. He says, we're not doing that anymore. And he talks about the leaves in here too. We just, we're just moving on. Leaves are no more. Mm-hmm. And the lore team has to put together the pieces um, and I think it's important though that we go back to some of that. Wasn't there like little balls that kind of came up and it had pictures of the the primals in them? You know, in that cut scene, what yeah, little yeah, like the primals, orbs? I, well, I think I think the idea was a lot of that shit was like somehow sealed away. When they came through, they burst out, but then something was still resealed there. Yeah, I think the whole idea, even if you weren't supposed to take it, like, visually, literally, I think, you know, it was supposed to be, you know, kind of in a figuratively, you know, and, you know, because I got the feeling when we were even playing 2.0, people hadn't been regularly summoning things, and now all of a sudden they are, and surprise, it's the Asians telling people how to do it. Wasn't that a story, or am I... That was. You know, so I think I, I maybe that'll all tie into this 5.0 stuff because that would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I, yep. And I wonder if we're going to see Midgore's armor in his in his greatness again because he's he'd be slumbering now, re, 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 regenerating or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can go a few ways. I would like to see Arion Jay take a, 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 a larger role. You know, he was he was walking the land in 1.0, and I would like to see him. Well, take he was hunted, forever. wasn't he? We, yeah, that was a whole quest line. Yeah, I would also like to see Mordona. Obviously, Silver Tear here, but Mordona take a a bigger stand. When I when I was reading this, uh, my Senna was like, "We're going back to Mordona. That's awesome." And I was like, "Oh, somebody cares about Final Fantasy fourteen again." Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> but, but the old places uh, are important to a lot of us old players, and Mordona is one of those places that kind of got I feel shit on in a way. Like, yeah, it got halfway built up, and we kind of moved on past it, but. You know, like all the other places have their own little teleport. You know, Mordona's kind of like in that back alley of the menu, uh-huh. and it's like I gotta dig to find to port to Mordona. Well, didn't I they kind of tell us more. then? Basically, one of the PvP areas is actually Silver Tier, isn't it? Yes, yeah. right. So they're like, oh, destroyed lands, mysterious, elegant homestones. We'll just have you PvP there. Yeah, well, if you just listen to us in the last 30 minutes, <laughs> Yelta and I aren't going to Silver Tier because we don't PvP. So fix the PvP. Some things from 1.01 Series 1 Humorous fans made a big deal about Minfilia suggesting that those who beheld the end of the walker's path seemed to her as though they'd seen something too terrible or too shameful and were traumatized. Um, this kind of also ties into that presence. A lot of these are kind of broken lore that changed when Yoshida took over. So they're trying to fit the pieces back together, but Mm. they're going to make it work. Um, stuff about Allegan runestones, but this one is like, uh, we don't know. We'll get back to it. I don't Um, even remember that. I I don't remember Allegan runestones that had the 12 on them, but I, I don't know. I don't either. 
Um, I, I may have something in my inventory that's digging deep, and I'll have to go back and look and see if I've got anything that's like that. Um, a lot of information seemed to be chaotically shifting just before 1.0's release. Something about a calendar and then a different calendar. They talk about the calamities. Why did the mm-hmm. calamity order change? And it's just one of those things that happened, but there's no real significance. Why did belief in the mother crystal spread so quickly? Koji says it's all scion propaganda. But what really he says is that we live in a time that half of this world are illiterate. You don't think about this, but you as a player being a literate human being on the planet Earth and we play a character that it's tied in with the Scions and um, you know Louis Suaz telling us shit and we're going here and fro and learning things and you think everybody's like this. But when you really go to these places, these hovels, people are just farming. They're just living day by day and they don't know shit from shit. So we're living in a time that people don't know much more out of their own boundaries or their own family lifestyle. And things are way bigger. But because the game has to be smaller, you have to kind of shrink things down. So like when he gives an example, when the 12th Legion comes and it's like 10 guys, is that a cohort? Mm -hmm. No, no. There are people there, but it's condensed. So you just have to take that into consideration. But people don't know about the Mother Crystal. They only know of the religion uh, that is the Twelve, and the whole world kind of understands this religion of the Twelve. But it's 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 something that's more archaic. It's the difference between, I guess you could say, like religion and science in a way. And I'm not trying to get into any kind of debate, but I I'm just saying like you have an understanding of the physical properties of the world, and then you have a belief system that everybody's like. Yeah, God takes care of things for us. And somehow you have to kind of meld and match those kind of way. But it's easier to say, yeah, the 12 take care of us. The time is done by this and the sun is by this and death is done by this. And this is the way we live our life because it works for us. I don't want to hear your bullshit. <laughs> and, and, and you know, your science man, and, uh, Neil deGrasse Scion comes in and is like, well, there's a mother crystal that does it. We don't want to hear your bullshit, sir. Mm-hmm. Give us back Pluto and – you know, whatever else. I'd so. like more lore on the 12, because that was, think of the pre-2.0, end of 1.0 cutscene, where, you know, the calamity is basically happening, and there's a lot of praying, and, and you know, thing, things happen, but, you know, we don't, we haven't really, we hear about Helone, and we hear, I, I, I notice every time we hear Nofaka. Right, but there's mm-hmm. you don't really have, uh, maybe they don't want to push religious things. I know, I know that like even the marriage ceremony, the eternal bonding ceremony, people get upset, or or other quests where you have to hit slash pray or something. Yeah, I suppose, but we killed the Pope, so kind of killed the well, but that's just Ishgar. That's just you know, you know their patron saint was Helone or whatever. There, but other. You know that they weren't they weren't the only thing out there, right? But I don't know. All right, next question is actually a good one. So, on the copied worlds or shards or reflections or what have you, do they experience all the calamities that we on the source do, or does just the one that deletes their world? Koji, I can't talk about this, but you'll find out soonish. But go ahead and speculate. The calamities. It's the Asians that are trying to do this. And their focus is on this world, the source. Take it to mean whatever you need it to mean. 
Okay, Morassian lore there. Uh, the next one's cute. Is there a one for temperature, a unit of measurement that we haven't heard about it? And Koji's like, uh, wow, we haven't really thought about this. But he says <laughs> that a lot of the units came from uh, the royal measurements, like British old imperial system. And a lot of this was borrowed from the Final Fantasy XI's lead, Richard Honeywood. And so that's where they got a lot of this stuff. But he was thinking, hey, maybe we can ha- call it uh, hot and colden, so you know, kind of that old British style. So he's going to ask Otisan and see if they can get something about temperature measurements. That'd be cool. We have malms and yalms. I don't know why we wouldn't have. Well, do we have weights? You know, we have if they had temperatures. Do we have things that are weights of things? I think don't we have onzes and ponzes? Oh, and yep, things? yep, yep. Yeah. We do. You're right. Yep. So that that one is lacking. Um, zooming through a little bit, Guild Leaf Saints, there's a lot of them. There were like over 50. Um, they got as many as they could or they cared to have lore about in the lore book, but there's just so many, they just, they, they couldn't put them all in. Well, that um, was supposed to be a big central part of 1.0, right? That's yeah. The, the, and this is, jo- yeah. This is where he talks about like the lore system is like not major coming, and I'm sorry, the leave system was not going to be a major part of 2.0. So then they had all these ideas, and then they had to scrap them. So it's kind of going back to the 1.0 stuff, trying to tie up loose ends. Uh, King Thornton in the Knights 12, who threw him in the chasm? Uh, we'll have to ask Otisan, uh Who threw Thornton into chasm? And we're talking about the original King Thornton, not, not the Oh, one. okay, okay. I'm we, like, we stabbed, I was going to say, we, we beat his ass. That's what Yeah, we <laughs> threw his ass in a chasm. No, the, the OG. Um, in the game, they've gone over a few times how a calamity works. There are a bunch of disturbances. It blows out a barrier. Is that how it works or is that the interpretation of how it works? Some fans are even putting forward the theory that Heidelin is eating the shard worlds and leaving it out of her side of the story. Koji's reaction, shocked <laughs> laugh. Oh, man. The official answer, at least for now, which is believed by most of the people in Eorzea experiencing and studying what's happened, is that it's about the disturbances. Too much aether is drawn out from the planet. Something breaks, and while it's broken, it allows shit to happen, and things go crazy. That's his words. Uh, then you get this period afterward where the planet is healing itself to prevent that from happening again. I think the big takeaway for me is the shocked laugh after hearing that Heidelin is leaving it out of her side of the story. I don't think Heidelin's the good guy, in a uh, well, sense. Well, not, not as innocent as I think she'd like you to think, right? The other I side think, of a coin, if you will, right? right? She's, she's an extremist, I think. I right? think she is the extremist of light. And, you know, there's extreme bad, extreme dark, extreme light. Not It's not good and bad, it's light and dark. You know, but, you know, that, and I think that's really where we're going to, that's really going to be like, oh, shit, yep, that was it. I think that's going to be what it is when, when we play through the end of the four point whatever series mm-hmm. into 5.0. It's going to be like, oh, my God, because I... The more I think about this, the more I'm like the whole Warriors of Darkness story arc was just to kind of lay that out there. It wasn't supposed to be its own story. It was supposed to be a precursor teaser for shit be going down in our world. Yep. Next one. Ever since we started getting hints about the game's cosmology and about Zodiac and such, sometimes rather than talking about darkness in the interdimensional rift... 
They seem to name drop the void instead. Is that intentional? Koji, that's more of a misinterpretation. We throw little bits of misinterpretation in. (laughs) The void was originally, we don't know where it comes from. There's no information as early as 10 to 15 years ago for most people. That's why it's void sent. They didn't know. They obviously are not from this planet. They can't be from this planet. We're going to create something we call the void. This is before people actually learned that the void is actually a shard that has lost all of its light. And now you have these beings that need aether and are breakthrough to suck out the aether of Hydaelyn. So sometimes the void is still used in the sense of beyond our ken, GE. So even from an Asian, you can't really be sure when we're talking about the cosmic void versus the philosophical void. Koji, there are times that it overlaps. I would think, and you get the sense... We like the overlapping of terms to create a little bit of fuzz. I hate how games just give you 100% correct information all the time. That doesn't happen in the real world. There's always a little bit of misinformation in there. You hear it and believe it. Then all these people are saying it's this though. Maybe this is wrong and this is this. That's kind of cool. I really like that they're throwing in some misinformation there. And I really like that he explains the void. And what the void scent really is because people are talking about void scent as being something uh, recently. We were hearing a lot of void scent being something from the darkness trying to suck out light. Is there a light scent? Mm -hmm. Is there going to be creatures of light that suck from the darkness or has some kind of similar effect? And is that what we're fighting in those the new trailer for um, for 5.0? From the development angle until now, everything was always presented as so mysterious. What are the 12? Who knows? What are elementals? Who knows? Do we know what elementals are? Koji, who knows? (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) There's a lot of belief systems and there's all kinds of things. Uh, GE brings up Regula Van Hydras. He summons weird stuff. Where is this coming up? I love that they brought up Regula. Koji, I don't know. We'd have to ask that one. A lot of times there are reasons. Otisan will work with the effects team and let them know, but uh, I don't know. We'll have to ask. New lore book. You released the Far Eastern Hingan alphabet. Is that based on anything? He says, yeah, that's based on uh, Japanese, whereas, you know, um, Aorzea's alphabet was uh, based on English. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Um, bah, bah, bah. This is a question about Anonymous here, the weekly spreadsheet. What was different about making this book compared to the first one? Um, it had to do with crunch times in this, and, and he – Koji says he planned ahead. He had a lot more planning, but then when he finally had the time to do it, he had the same amount of time to do <laughs> That's the this way lore it works. book. That that is the way it works. I know in my job it's the way it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he really was able to do that. But I think they had more money. They had more teams. They had outside help, like with Anonymous and other sources. Um, and Anonymous says, "Was it enough to justify bringing me on?" And he said, "Oh yeah, most definitely." Um, so it's uh, that was a really good thing. And then final question: concert performances. Are you guys trying anything new? Koji says, yes, we are going to be trying new things. Uh, he talks about how he nervous he used to get, and he has to just kind of let go and let it happen. And uh, he has a lot of fun, and uh, he's excited. And this is kind of references like the concert they were about to do because I believe this interview was done prior to the uh, fire, final night of the uh, Fan Fest in Las Vegas. Fantastic interview. I know that was long. There is some really good Zodiac Void what the fuck is going to happen in 5.0 type stuff in this. If you think that 
Rubicon Vale here butchered it. Go read it yourself. <laughs> we will link it uh, on the website there. Please enjoy reading that. Um, in fact, um, Speakers Network also talked about that uh, that other interview, the, the translation one that has to do about Eureka, and it's got um, what what is that, Mister uh, Ozma there that helped with the Eureka stuff, or Mister Atma uh, that did Eureka stuff, and um, go check that out. I think there's a proper translation now, but I think we had the the gist of it right. I think uh, so. Two I episodes think we the, ago, got, we had the we had the basic gist of it, and, and it was, you know, it one was of good. the things that really jumped out of that was that they had Pagos done before they released mm-hmm. Animos. And uh, there was no way that they could give us we uh, we could give them feedback before Pagos was launched. It was really our feedback from Animos that helped Pyros be what it is. So um, you know, here's hoping for for more changes in the future and um, them getting better with our feedback and um, yeah. So all good stuff here. Thank you again to Gamer Escape for that fantastic. This is a really interview. really good. Uh, interview. I really appreciate the questions asked. Uh, Fusion X did an excellent job. All right, then let's see what's on tap. We do have a developer's blog. It is Singing in the Starlight. This is our, you know, we have a seasonal quest. This is the uh, Starlight Celebration seasonal quest one. So, yeah, you're, it's, I'll just go read it. It's basically breaking down the event for you. <laughs> It shows choir robes and Christmas It shows the choir robes. Now, I do think they're cute. They're they're very cute. And and all the stuff you can get, get, you know, from the event. And it's very nice. All right. Happy hour. We have, I I have a a tweet. Mars Angel uh, messaged myself and uh, Klaus from Phoenix Down Radio. Uh, We had talked about not, not, playing the music when you're playing the game because for some of us it's it's we don't understand how you could do that but to each their own uh mars says i played 14 without music unless it's savage or extreme where i use the music as cues for mechanics just commenting since i finally got to listen to the podcast also keep up the great work guys Thank you so much for that tweet. I I like to hear that, you know, people who do things differently than me. See, because I'm the exact opposite. I listen to the music and everything, except for usually, like, mount music I don't usually listen to. Mm -hmm. But I, like, turn the music down or off when I'm in Savage or Extreme because there are other cues that I can hear better without the music itself. So, you know, everybody works differently, and I, I think it's really interesting to hear that. But uh, I'm curious, though, Mars, what do you listen to? Do you do you play other music? Do you listen? Uh, do you listen to podcasts while you're playing? Do you listen to other music? Do you you know watch YouTube and the other screen, or you know what? Do, how do you? You must have something else going on. That would be audibly kind of boring to me. But the but, sound uh, of silence. <laughs> but thanks for that tweet. Uh, Ruby, you had a uh, a message from Mithrin Scarlet. Yeah, Mithrin sent me a message. Uh, was a great episode with Klaus. Would love for you to do more inviting of people and ask that questionnaire again. But I have a question for you. Why are you okay with the consolidation of Bard and Archer in 14 and not Blue Mage? I think Blue Mage's spirit and defining characteristics 
or more than just a Levin's Blue Mage. Not trying to change your mind, just wanted to hear more about your opinion that specifically other jobs like Ninja Thief, Dark, Red Mage were all consolidated heavily too, but everyone seems to be okay with those for the most part. Now, I don't remember, <clears throat> Mithrin, I don't remember if I said Bard and Archer. In fact, if I did say Bard and Archer, that's, a, that's wrong. Because I do think those should be split. I think there mm, was a. Absolutely. I think there's a mistake there. I think when when Yoshida, this is something I meant to say in that that last episode, and I didn't say it. I one of the things I think Yoshida really made a mistake with of going from 1.0 to 2.0 was not getting rid of classes. Classes should have died um, because what happened was this trying to meld classes into the jobs. Now, if they went the Dragon Quest route. Or the Final Fantasy Tactics route and said you've got these six or seven classes and I think they wanted to do this but then they just – they aborted it. When you have these classes that each class could branch off into jobs. So let's say you had Archer that branched into Bard and Ranger, okay? Then you've got the spirit of Archer within Ranger, and everybody knows what a Ranger is. If you play Final Fantasy XI, you know what a Ranger is. Final Fantasy V, I think, has Rangers. Final Fantasy III, I think, has Rangers. And also, all those Final Fantasies also have Bards. Mm -hmm. They have been traditionally split. Ranger and Bard are not the same. They're not. But for some reason, in Final Fantasy XIV, they decided that Bard and Ranger would be consolidated into Bard. So if I did say Bard, I'm wrong. That that I don't mean that. Uh, I think Bard and Ranger well, and should be split. I think I mentioned Bard, and I know through the years we have spoken about how an archer turned into a bard, and that's gross. I'm I, I, I'm not okay with it, right? You, you the, the Mithrin says, why are you okay with it? We're not. We have talked time and time again how archers start out as damage dealers and then they turn into a magical support class kind of at least for a while mm -hmm. they did you know i i forever have been saying i think they should have done what they did with arcanists and made summoners and scholars or if you know something like that you start with a general generic job or throw it away completely just throw right. it away unlock the jobs like we're doing now and that's fine with me too i'm i'm yeah. not okay with it I'm still not okay with it. But I don't think a bard or a ranger is like a blue mage. I think for me, the blue mage has some unique issues that it, it's, it's, it's kind of apples to oranges. Yeah, in that sense, I agree with with you there. So let me back step and and go back to Arcanist, like you said. So Arcanist was that one that had the split. Honestly, it's the only one that has the split. And maybe they determined this is not going to work for this game. We've do we're doing this, and this is for some reason this is gross. I don't know why they couldn't implement it properly. It it kind of works, but it doesn't work in some ways. Um, and so there you have it. Um, now, going back to what you just said about the about the soul, I guess, is kind of what, what, what was the whole conversation on this episode. So think, okay, let's think about the soul of a bard, all right? A bard learns songs, they use the songs. Is there any special way that they learn? Like, let's go to Final Fantasy III or Final Fantasy V. Is there any special way that they learn the songs or whatever? Do they have to learn it from other enemies? Do they have to do anything special to get it? You know, they, they're usually kind of just done. Now, there are stuff like... Like Mog in Final Fantasy VI, he learns the dances from getting other. Okay, that's a little different, but Mog is a really kind of niche character. He's a little, he's a little different. All right, 
But a bard, I can see, without damaging the soul of a bard, is it progressively learns abilities. But the bard's soul is something that is a support role. If you want to look at Final Fantasy XI, they were doing things like refresh and regens and things that were like uh, enhancements and enfeebling type things. But it had nothing really to do with the outside environment. It wasn't like a geomancer that had to stand on a certain floor to make it work, right? So it's it's not really anything that environmentally has to happen. So the, when I talk about the soul of something and it not bastardizing that soul, I think a bard in in and of itself can progressively learn at level 30, at level 32, at level 45 different abilities and not go, well, that's fucked off. It should have learned it by sticking a flute up a goo-boo's ass. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, you don't have to do that, all right? <laughs> Same for a ranger. You know, the ranger is going to learn, you know, uh, Sidewinder and all kinds of other abilities that are that are ranger-type stuff uh, and not really bastardize the soul of a ranger. What bastardizes the soul of a ranger is to stick it in with Bard, Okay. For Blue Mage, you have a specific way that you're learning an ability. You have to get hit by an enemy and then learn it, whatever. Now, however they tweak that, whether it's getting hit by it or not or whatever else, okay, but it's fundamentally the same because you have to fight that enemy and you have to survive the battle to get it. So that's the spirit of a Blue Mage. All right, so you mentioned some other jobs. Ninja. Does ninja necessarily have to throw a shuriken somewhere to get an ability or could it naturally learn its shadows and stuff through a progression of level ups? Not a problem. Thief, however, was fucked because thief should have never been rogue. Rogue was okay. But if rogue split, this is another one that if they were going to split it, if rogue had split into ninja and thief, then thief would have obtained its soul by being a thief. Now, a thief wouldn't have any soul that it would have to learn from doing some special trick or whatever, but it would have trick attack, sneak attack. It would have um, daggers, of course. It would be able to steal or mug. Uh, Okay, so we know what a thief is, but thief got fucked. Thief got screwed because of rogue, all right? Mm -hmm. Dark Knight. Does Dark Knight have to learn anything specific? Uh, I'm not a big Dark Knight for the most part. And speaking of 11s, I don't really, you know, but other than being darky and shadowy and with scythes, maybe. I felt the storyline quests covered, or the class quests covered Dark Knight's advancement to darkness, right? He became an Mm -hmm. edgelord because of the stuff that happened during the storyline quests. Uh, I feel yeah. I feel like that for you know Paladin or, or, or not Paladin I can't remember now but that where I feel like Dark Knight his abilities and shit are explained by the storyline quest I think it would be a disservice to Blue Mage to try to shoehorn that in the same way because sure. the player's not doing it right right I feel like right. a Blue Mage the player should be learning the abilities Dark Knight I don't care if you learn the abilities through a cutscene. But Blue Mage, I'm like, you should be out there in the world fighting monsters and earning them. Yep. Anyway. And then and then Red Mage. Now, Red Mage is that one that's on the fence. But I think it depends on what Final Fantasy you're looking at. If you're looking at Final Fantasy XI, I agree with you. The soul of the Red Mage is lost because it should be enfeebling and debuffing. But I don't think every Final Fantasy's Red Mage was similar. The one similarity between the Red Mages from the past is the double cast. 
In fact, in five, that was the whole point of leveling the red mages, so you could get that that double or quadruple cast or whatever it was at there, so you could use an ability at no cost second or two in a row. So that was really the soul of the red mage from previous Final Fantasy. That and the ability to use both dark and light, which we have, we can cure as a red mage, and we can use damage dealing. Is it perfect? Is it split down the middle? No, but that is a problem with the game itself because you've got roles, and you can't be a half healer and a half DPS. There's no, sur- there's no support role. There's no support role. So the the, the only bastard- bastardization of Red Mage is the fact that there's no support role. But as far as Red Mage is learning their abilities... I don't think there's any problem with the Red Mage learning the abilities that they've got. If you're an 11 Red Mage, you're sad because you're not dispelling and you're not refreshing and you're not doing that. But I really think that that was very much an 11 thing for Red Mage. That was 11 putting a soul into Red Mage to make it different from the other jobs in a way. And I loved 11's Red I was an 11 Red Mage, just as um, Klaus was saying about himself. I don't know if I was as hardcore as Klaus, but I was an 11 Red Mage, and I loved refreshing in battle. I I loved when uh, Art Ergon came out, and it was like bards and Red Mages were... Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it was glory days. We would fight those (laughs) fucking dragonflies and shit, and it was just all day refreshing, all day long, and it was a beautiful thing. And then whenever I got into Abyssia content, and I couldn't do magic bursts, and I couldn't do the the high-level spells that whites and blacks could do to make those skill bursts happen, to make seals drop I, it was a sad day for red mm-hmm. mage and i don't want to see red mage in any kind of state like that again where you don't have the type of abilities and i i think that's what yoshida was avoiding so i can kind of agree but it depends on what final fantasy you're really leaning heavily on but if you look at even tactics advance the red mages from there final fantasy 5 you're looking at a double cast system and that's that's really what they brought in and that and that part i think holds up I'm not going to go into all the other jobs. <laughs> no, you well, be the judge of that. Well, and I always and I and, and I keep thinking about bard and archer and ranger because I have railed on this before. And yeah, you could do a thing where you learn songs um, eleven to be an effective bard to get to invited to any parties. You'd have to have all the different instruments. I'm not talking having an eye level that would let you complete the content, which would fit mm-hmm. into fourteen, right? I had to have a Mary's horn. I had to, I had to have macros that switch out my instrument before I sang each song. I had to have half of my inventory felt like it was goddamn, you know, instruments. They're not going to do that in 14, right? Yeah. So, it, you know, unless they did something that you know how as a as a bard, you're uh you're changing your song. Mhm. Uh, you know, if they made that to like, you, instead you had the flute out. So let's take the archer part away from from bard. Let's say bard was just a musical. They, they, they and it's their main cool weapon. Thing. Okay. Yeah, let's say in their main weapon was a harp. Okay, and it shot out musical notes. Whatever. I'll uh, Final Fantasy Four. All right. So they're playing a harp, and instead of changing songs, you change instruments by hitting a stance. You have a mm-hmm. flute stance, you have a harp stance, you have a violin or a, a guitar stance or something like that. Woodwinds versus your brasses versus whatever. Strings. 
Um, that I could see. And that would be an interesting way to make Bard work and have those instruments without saying, uh, Yelta, do you have Mary's Horn? Yelta, uh-huh. do you have this? Do you have this? And then, you know, that doesn't work with the armory system. Because right. another thing that this game, for better or worse, it's it's not the worst thing in the world, but it did it did tie them into this, is that paladins use short swords and shields and nothing else. Right. Uh, ninjas use daggers and nothing else. Red mages use the, the, the foils and nothing else. So you were tied to the weapon that you're on. Our job, our class is tied to our weapon. Our job is tied to our soul stone. They probably could do something about it, but they've chosen not to. And I think that's, you know, I don't know. They, they Could they do it? Probably. Uh, but it, I don't think this, they're going to. In this game, a bard cannot have a – be a bard and have – and this is in my mock system, but using the armory system, a bard cannot have a harp and a flute and a guitar and all still be a bard. Those would be three different jobs, right? Oh, yeah. I'd be a recorder mage. <laughs> exactly. Right? right? You know? I, yeah. I would be Esteban. Ba- bongo mage. The guitar, the guitar aficionado. Uh, so it, you just can't do it that way, but stances could work. So if you're going like, well, the oh, soul yeah, of yeah. a bard, well, we don't have the real soul of a bard anyway, because it's, it's, it's an archer. tied to bow and arrow, man. And you know, bow and arrow, that's why we have bow harps. It's weird, but that's what we have. I mean, do you remember when that art came out and we found out about mm-hmm. Barcher and everybody oh, shit a brick? We shit, like I said, you you can't ask why are you okay with because honestly we haven't been we just don't talk about it every week anymore because you know what we gave up it's on done it. it's over whatever and honestly I I want to I feel like they've told us what Blue Mage is going to be we're all going to go play it or those of us who you know want to will go play it um I fully expect them to make adjustments right. I fully expect them to make it so if, you know, have some, maybe tie an eye level to how many spells you have or what you have slotted or, or something so you can queue up or stuff. I think what they're trying to do is interesting and cool. In fact, I, you know, like I said, I've been playing Final Fantasy XI this week. I have to go and get my gear and then I have to go and buy my, buy my spell scrolls or quest them or kill things for them, or whatever, you know. But 14 isn't like that. It's like, basically like Oprah going, look under your chairs, equipment for everyone to get into all the normal modes. And, you know, I I remember in 11 having to spend hours a week farming up money and, you know, making sure I had potions and my next gear set on me. If you were out you know, in a party leveling and you dinged a 51 or I don't remember the thresholds, but you would ding a new level. My party expected me to have my next spell scroll on me and use it and switch into my whole new set of gear. Yep. Right. I, you would be prepared. You were fucking boy scouts in 11. You, you didn't just like get, you know, and and stuff happens. In fourteen, stuff does happen. 
you get in a level 40 dungeon and someone's still a gladiator that has no accessories whatsoever, but the game is so easy it's that, manageable. well, just make it through this dungeon. Maybe perhaps kindly and gently suggest that that gladiator perhaps go check if they have any class quests to complete and maybe upgrade their equipment and then get told to fuck you anyway. But, um... <laughs> I know it's a, it's a whole different mindset. So I think I feel like Blue Mage they wanted to spin out an old school kind of job. They wanted to, and they're and they're basing this on their feedback, right? People have been screaming for Blue Mage for how many years? Yeah. And in their screaming for Blue Mage, they have defined what they personally personally believe Blue Mage to be. And they told us for years, we can't do Blue Mage the way you want to do it and make it a normal job. Right. Right? It just can't be done. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I don't know. I'm not super in love with it, but I'd like to see how it feels when I play it. I'd like to see if I agree with the limitations. I fully expect them to lift many of these limitations once you're level whatever, right? Eventually we have to be fucking grown adults who are like, well, I'm not going to go join this party because I don't have the one ability that would be good in this party. At the same time, they can't have an ability that would be so overpowered in this fight that I want to take three blue mages with me there's a balancing issue here. I applaud them for trying this. I sure. really, really do. I'm not, you know, I can see both sides. They could have done a blue mage that was compressed down to its blue gear and the ability to use. Uh, yeah. Blue mage could have through storyline, through class quests or whatever, learned its major abilities, right? And then, yeah, maybe you could go off and do your minor abilities or whatever. But as long as you had your major abilities from quests or whatever, you were fine mm -hmm. for most of content. If you were going to join a savage static, they would be vetting you anyway. I don't, mm -hmm. you know, I, yeah. right? So There's a, just, just a lot of ways you could go on that. And there's a lot of jobs that I'm just not sure how they would do if they didn't change things going back to geomancer you know that's one that absorbs the the, the land that you're on and your your abilities right. are depending on what you're standing on so you know how do you incorporate that into the game unless you just you bastardize it and you make it just learn stuff or you say hey i have a uh i have an earth mode and i have a grass mode and i have a snow mode or you change the floor that you're on dependent there's a lot of ways you can do that and there's a lot of ways you could do blue mage like yelta was suggesting is one of many ways i think you could have made blue mage work is that still fun it does it still carry the soul of it i i i think that's for all of us to judge but i think they've at least made a a compromise here that if nothing else it adds new content mm-hmm and they've that's what us, we've been begging for. Well, they've told us what Blue Mage is going to be in 4.5 at level 50, right? That's what they've told us. They listen to our feedback. I think it's really, 
I'm, I don't want to be a super apologetic for 14 because I have since day one, but because surely they will open Ishgard next month. But, but, you know, part of me is like, you know, I could see them reigning in Blue Mage while we're all leveling it and getting our abilities, especially if they have not tied some sort of gear score to it. And then, you know, at 5.3, be like, okay, Blue Mage is level 80. You can queue up for whatever you want. And if you get mm-hmm. kicked out of a party because you don't have Stone 3, then bye. You don't have bad breath. Go away. Be a, be a Red Mage without Dispel or Phalanx or something. Mm-hmm. Bye. <laughs> I remember playing 11 as a White Mage. And getting to level 34, and I couldn't keep going because I, I think it was 34, I didn't have a race. And a race Bye. was extremely expensive, yep. so I got locked out of parties. So they have to make that balance between this is a super accessible game. It really, 14 is so accessible. It's almost, at moments, too accessible. And uh, you add a blue mage in there with no abilities who queues up with just the eye level that can get them into stuff and they're going to get kicked. That's not a lie. It's not an over, it's, it's just a thing. So, but I'm hoping they'll take the, I'm hoping they'll like loosen it up, right? We're going to play it. We're going to join stuff. It's going to be mostly okay. And then they're going to be like, you know what? You're level 70, 80, whatever. Now go ahead and queue up for that other stuff. I think they're going to do that. I think it's going to be okay. Yeah. It's going to be okay, Yelta. It's going to be okay. All right. Uh, Yeah. So we're not okay with how they've consolidated some of the other jobs either. So that's all I wanted to say. All right, then. Last call. Let's say it again. We have a contest. It's going Mm -hmm. on for a little while more. You have just under a week, right? Oh, yeah. Hashtag my starlight wish. What is your starlight wish? What is your starlight celebration wish? Enter our contest and you can win your own SDS Fenrir mount. It's worth 30 bucks. So to enter, follow GTFFXIV on Twitter. Send us a tweet with your starlight celebration wish and the hashtag, hashtag my starlight wish. One winner will be announced on December 25th, 2018. So... Go do it. I haven't looked lately. I know we got some We have entries. a bunch. We got yeah. quite a few. It's yeah. nice. Nice. Yeah, so, since we have so many, I'm thinking that like right away in January, I want to be like, run another contest. I have some ideas. We're going to have to Ooh. do it. Yeah. All right, then. It is closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. You can find links to all of our episodes and blog posts on our website, www.gtffxiv.com. While you're there, please leave us a comment. And if you'd like, you can support us by clicking the fancy new donation button. You can find us on Twitter at gtffxiv. Email us at gtffxiv at gmail.com. Please rate us. Uh, Ruby, personal plug. Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Rubicon Vale, R-U-B-I-C-O-N-B-A-L-E. And you can find me on Twitter at Yeltasumasu, Y-E-L-T-A-S-U-M-A-S-U. As always, thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.